Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, y'all. Home stretch of the regular season with the Believe in Ravens podcast, but we are still going. We are primed for the bigger season yet to come. Big win last week. The Ravens taking down the 49ers in dominating fashion, and there's another measuring stick game on the schedule this week. We're here to talk about it. I'm Kyrie Thompson. That's Daniel Wilcox joining you on the holidays, you know, because the work never stops. I mean, it never stops for, for Wilcox anyway, because he just apparently never takes a day off at the day job. But, you know, when it comes to football, literally the news never stops and the talk never stops. First of all, how are you doing? How's your holiday? Man, the holiday's been great, Kyrie. Thanks for asking, man. I heard you went up to Connecticut, spent a little time with your family. I stayed here in ATL and spent time with my family. Um, my wife's mom and and grandmother moved in, you know, down here in Georgia, moved from New York down here. So, you know, we spent the holidays with them for the first time fully in, in ATL, and we had a blast. The kids got everything they wanted for Christmas. Santa, Santa showed up in full effect. Excellent. And unless I'm not mistaken, uh, think I might have heard a toddler come up the stairs, uh, you know, at, at, at bedtime. So, uh, you know, we might might need might need to you know take her back down. Uh, yeah. For for those of y'all hearing this, this is being recorded at night before the big game that happens on Sunday, Ravens versus Dolphins. First of all, I want to take a a quick look back because I think both of us, and again, we talked about it in the episode before. Both of us looked at this game like. Yeah, it'd be a great measuring stick game, great mm-hmm. matchup overall. And really what it ended up being is just like every single time we talk about, oh, yeah, it's going to be a great matchup between two great teams. It ended up being a butt kicking. And it, it's seemingly what happens every time the Ravens go up against the NFC. I think they keep showing it. All that Lamar Jackson is like 20 and one now against NFC opponents. They just yeah. do not lose to the other conference. and. Again, it wasn't necessarily that that Brock Purdy was awful and horrible and unplayable, but the Ravens defense just dominated. They absolutely dominated. They were opportunistic. They they got three interceptions off of him. And Lamar Jackson, look, the 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 stats, this is the story I think of this year when it comes down to it. Or four interceptions. There you go. The 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 stats when it comes down to Lamar Jackson might not look like, oh my goodness, look at he threw for 300 yards and four touchdowns and whatever. But when you watch this dude play football, and you look at some of the plays that he makes where there's just like, there might be one or two other people, maybe, maybe in the entire league that can make the kind of play like, like that, that huge scramble that he got on third downs, like third, third and, you know, medium third and long. And he, and he breaks away and he leaves Fred Warner just like with his ankles at like the 20 yard line. I'm not going to lie. Look, it, it might have just been a complete, you know, coincidence, but I swear to God, it looks like Lamar Jackson leaves Fred Warner in the dust and points at him for the briefest of seconds before <laughs> continuing up the field. And and I, if, if he did that, then give him the MVP award right now. I Like, we don't need to talk about anything else because that should tell you everything you need to know. He makes the best players in the league, the best defensive players in the league, look silly, look dumb. They can't, they can't deal with this guy. And in the end, the result is the Ravens keep marching on toward what looks like could be you very well could be the number one seed but 
got to play the Dolphins, and they're the other contender for it. So first of all, look, just let's just recap that game for me, man. When you're watching that, just what's going through your head? It it I think it baffles me every single year, like the amount of doubt that Lamar Jackson gets, you know, the amount of hate that he gets coming his way and how many people always going to find something negative to say about him no matter what he does. And, like, even this year, like, his numbers are not as high as they were the MVP year that he got. You know, but he has so much more talent around him. He don't have to do all the work himself anymore. You know, he's passing the ball. He's getting the ball in the hands of everybody else. And um, he's not trying to take control over every single game like he had to the MVP year. Um, the MVP year, he probably was a little bit selfish because he was just young and just immature, and he didn't even realize he was being selfish. But he just, you know, he did whatever it took to win the game. And he did not – he took every game in his hands and just took off on everybody. But he knows he doesn't have to do that anymore. And he knows if he want to finish the season out, he has to back off of that type of play, you know, but people are still going to hate on Lamar Jackson no matter what, man. And it's just, it's kind of frustrating to me to, to watch it because I think he's such a talented individual. I think I, I, I said this before Kyrie, when we first started this thing, man, we first started this show together. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And I mean, and that's me. That's my personal opinion. I've never played with anybody of his magnitude, never played with anybody of his caliber as a receiver or as a tight end. And not even as a running back, never had a quarterback as talented as Lamar Jackson. And I think people take it for granted that he's so talented, you know, and they, like you said, they tried to, they tried to move him to a wired out. They tried to move him to running back. They tried to say he couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. Now he's looking like he might actually have a chance to win a second MVP yeah. of the whole league. Again, the yeah. first, like, I think he was only the second unanimous MVP in, in, in NFL history. And um, <clears throat> it just, to me, is is the watching the game against San Fran was just mind blowing. Like I, I knew it was going to be a Ravens win going into it. I had no idea it was going to be that type of Ravens win. And, you know, they, I felt like they bullied San Fran and and they kept talking about, you know, how good San Fran was and not giving the Ravens no credit and how much the Ravens are going to lose by and how great Brock Purdy is and how great Christian McCaffrey is and et cetera, et cetera. How great San Fran is as a team, as a, as a stadium, as a as a franchise, you know. And my ex-teammate is the general manager, John Lynch, you know. So, yep. you know, I, I take my hat off the Lynch and company and what they're doing, you know, but I also love what Baltimore is doing with Eric DaCosta and Ozzie Newsome and, you know, Steve Bashotti, the whole crew, man, like – the Ravens have always been a first-class franchise, franchise, and I love everything they're doing inside and out. And, yeah, I believe in the Ravens, and, yeah, I'm biased. Yeah, I, I, I'm a former Raven, and, yeah, they still, you know, they do things, you know, on a different level from everyone else. And I think the way they're playing this season just kind of shows that it depicts who they are as a franchise and who they are as a team. And uh, um, I think – well, not even I think. I know. I know that we're going to have a shot at going to the Super Bowl this year, and it's going to be oh. up to us. And us only, you know, nobody can beat us but us. You know, if we lose a game, it's because we didn't prepare the way we were supposed to prepare. We didn't do what we were supposed to do. You know, we dropped the ball. We fumbled the ball. We turned the ball over too many times. It wasn't the fact that nobody made us do it. It was the fact that we just didn't play our game. We didn't come prepared as a unit, as a group, to come and put our best foot forward. And I hate that if that happens, you know, because we should be in the Super Bowl this year. This is, shit. This is a Super Bowl year for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, and and I think that you talked about the best, right? The the best quarterback in the league. I yeah. mean, and this could be indicative of the MVP <clears throat> award. I think he's got a solid argument to be the best football player in the league. I, I just no no one no one impacts a game quite like him. I right. mean, his 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 growth as a passer from the pocket, what everybody said he couldn't do or didn't think he could do early in his career. I mean, it's just it's unbelievable 
And the fact that he can still do this whenever he feels like if he breaks the pocket, he's in. He's an absolute nightmare for for defenses whenever he gets out there. He is a he's a one of a kind player. And I'll say this, man. I think when you look up and down the rosters, I personally don't think they're they're nearly as far apart as people might think they are just on first glance, right? Because I think if people look at the 49ers, just like, oh my goodness, that's, that's definitely the better team. Look at who they got. They got Nick Bosa. They got Debo Samuel. They got George Kittle, XYZ. I mean, they, they certainly have a lot of great names. Fred Warner, they got a lot of great names on there. And I mean, they're, they're good, great players, right? That's a great football team over there. But I think that when you look at what the Ravens are, particularly on defense, I mean, they have some bona fide growing stars on that team. Like Kyle Hamilton might very well be the best safety in the league right now. He, he's famous, definitely probably. the most. He, he's he's and, and look, I already I, I said that early in the season, probably before the season even started. I yeah. said that yeah. I said that he could very well be the best safety in the league. And I think he is. I think yep. this year he is showing he's the best safety in the league. If not the best, then he's second. And I, and I want right. to know who he's second to. You know what I mean? So right. he's he's that level of player. You got two of the best. You got the best linebacker tandem. For my money, the best linebacker tandem in the league, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. And then the offensive line. Look, the offensive line is, is you know, kind of, you know, shaky on the other side. You lost some some running back talent. You lost some of your pass catching talent when Mark Andrews went down, but you have the best offensive player. Again, for my money, the best offensive player in the league that matters. And I think they, they do enough. Well, they run the ball, they play physical football, they play fundamentally sound football in a way that lets them make up for, Oh yeah, they don't have a, you know, top five receiver in the league. You know, Zay flowers is definitely, raising I, I think raising his profile around the league with his play mm-hmm. right and i think he's only going to keep on getting better but again if you're if you're looking at it and just saying well they don't have the names they don't have the star power and it's like lamar jackson is your star power lamar jackson is your system right if, if you want to look at it right on the other side of things kyle shanahan is the system brock purdy plays in it and plays it very well everything is built around not so much brock purdy but built around Kyle Shanahan and what he can do mm-hmm. on the Raven side of things. Look, I mean, Todd Munkin obviously has changed kind of the tenor of the offense, the way they use personnel, the way they throw the ball down the field, all of that. But Lamar Jackson is the focal point. He is the beginning. He is the alpha, the omega of that offense. And you could sit up there and say, you know what, if if you want to say <clears throat> based on what who they've got on either team, you could say, okay, maybe the 49ers might win. I'm just this hypothetical. It's like, okay, if you want to go by pure talent, you could say the 49ers, maybe they'll win six out of 10 times. If you played in a series, like if we were talking like a seven game series or, or whatever, maybe they would win that. But in one game, one game to win it all, you got the defense playing the way that they are playing right now, like the best mm-hmm. defense in the league outside of San Francisco. Right. And then you have the best player probably in the sport that matters. And in one game, sometimes that's all you need. And so to take that and then take that over to the game that they are about to be playing, it, it's very similar in a lot of ways, and playing the Miami Dolphins, another Shanahan tree guy. They got Tua Tungabailoa playing really good football. Okay, Tyree Kill, best receiver in the league. Defense, 
have some big names on it. Okay. I, to a lesser degree than San Francisco. I mean, I think San Francisco is a better team than, than the dolphins, but I, the dolphins are a damn good team. They are right there battling with the Ravens for the top seed in the AFC. But I think it's going to be another one of those things where we've seen Lamar Jackson take them apart too. Yeah, I mean, to me, the Ravens was hands down the better teams. You can look at the the you know player for player. I, I feel like our roster will stack up against anybody's, especially when you look at the depth and the size and the length and the, the speed that we have. You know, it's going to be an interesting game. You know, this week coming up, you already know it's up. You know, this is a a replay from last year. You know, and and you, I mean, you said it right about the San Fran game, Kyrie. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you know, you're right. Kyle Shanahan is. You know, aka the genius. You know, at the end of the day, you got to call the plays, and those guys on the field got to go execute to make it happen. Um, they came out and they played hard. They played great, and they gave it their best shot. I mean, it was it like it was going to be a tight game early on when they got the safety on Lamar, the phantom safety with the referee falling in the end zone, tripping them up. You know, um, so I, I was like, oh man, I hope it ain't going to be one of those games where everything just kind of goes in San Fran direction, but you know, some kind of way we overcame that man, and we never even got rattled at all, and we just played through it and. Next thing you know, one thing led to another, and we come up with a W, and a W in in Ravens fashion. You know, we just beat them up on all three on all three phases of the game. It was probably one of our, probably the best complete game we put together all year. And yeah. I still don't think we've had that game yet where we just pop and we you know score forty or fifty or sixty points on somebody. I think that game is still coming. We haven't even had it yet this it kinda, season. So. kind of had that against the Seahawks, but I think that they yeah. kind of let their foot off the gas a little bit. They that. did. They they did. I want to see them press the gas hard. You know, this week coming up against Miami, I think this would be the opportunity to kind of see something like that. Last year, remember Duvernay took the opening kick return to the house, you yeah. know, and then we jumped up 28 Tyler to 7. Wallace this year. Yeah, yeah, we jumped up 28 to 7, and then next thing you know, it was 35-14, and then we get to the fourth quarter, and then we just had a bunch of defensive busts, and they come back with four or five touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and we lose the game. How, I don't even know. You know, we had that game won early on, and I think we got maybe a little bit too relaxed, a little bit too cocky. This year we got a new OC. You know, everybody's healthy. Well, not everybody's healthy. We're missing Mark Andrews. You know, we're missing our, you know, one of our running, two of our running backs. You know, but at the same time, I think most of our guys are healthy and we're ready to go into this game and, and show that last year we should have beat these boys and we should have brought this thing home, man. So I'm, I'm excited about this week. I can't wait to see this game. I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. And I mean, look, the Ravens are a better team than they were last year, especially defensively. And look, the Dolphins are going to pose a lot of challenges mm -hmm. to a defense because yeah. and Mike, Mike McDaniel is is in a similar mold to Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, they come from the same same background, right? The same yeah. tree. Um, yeah. But they they come from a they are similar in their ability to just create mismatches, get guys open and play to Tua Tungavailoa's strengths, which are. In, in a way, kind of a souped up version of, of, of what Brock Purdy can do in terms of just Tua has insane in anticipation. Like I've watched this guy in person and some of the sometimes he'll throw a football with so early that the receiver isn't even ready for it. And so he'll turn right. around and the ball will drill him in the face. Right. And he's just got to hold on to it. And then he falls over the first down marker. Like, that's the thing, right? It's it's one thing to be able to play the sticks, right? And like, say mm -hmm. you're like in a third and medium, third and six. And you're like, okay, well, it's going to be a quick route to the sticks, right? Well, when he's throwing the ball before anybody has even gotten to where they're supposed to be, 
what are you supposed to do about that as a defense? Like there are literally some plays that I feel like Tua makes that, yeah, maybe he doesn't have, you know, this crazy arm talent where he's throwing it across his body, 60 yards on a rope or you know, something like that. People like to ding him about that. But right. the things that he does do well are arguably some of the most indefensible things out there. Right. Like, like, what are you supposed to do about that? Like, that's like what I think about sometimes when I watch him play. And so that's his superpower. And that makes him dangerous. He can throw the ball accurately, he throws the ball on time, arguably like earlier than on time. And that's difficult for a defense to defend against. And him and Tyreek Hill are starting to get this brain meld where even if Tyreek Hill just makes up a route <laughs> on the fly, Tua yeah. figures it out in time and he gets it to Tyreek. And then, I mean, he, he's still he's past 30 years old now and he's still the fastest guy in the league. So, I mean, age ain't nothing but a number when it comes to Tyreek Hill. I mean, don't let him pass. Don't let him get an angle on you. And I mean, you're done. There's nobody out there that's going to catch him. Now, I will say this. You're not going to have to deal with Jalen Waddle this week. He's out with with an ankle sprain. So that takes a little bit of the speed off. But then in the backfield, you're dealing with Raheem Mostert and Devon Achan, who are the, probably the two fastest running backs in football. There's speed all over the place. Yeah, man. I hate we lost our speedster, too. You know, losing Keaton Mitchell was kind of hard on us, man. That was one of our speedster. Plus, we got some speed over there at our receiver side of the ball, too, as well. Um, and then we got speed at the quarterback position a lot more than they got, you know. So, I mean, I agree with you 100% about Tua. Man, Tua is absolutely phenomenal. Um, the things that he's doing with his IQ and you know how he's able to be so accurate and place the ball where only his guys can get it is, is phenomenal. But he also makes mistakes too, you know. He, he throw a bunch of picks, you know, he, he put the ball in places sometimes. He has that break fire factor where he's going to give you one or two times per game to pick him off and you just got to catch him. If you catch him, then you'll catch him slipping. But if you don't, then he going to catch you slipping, you know, and he got some dudes that if they catch you slipping, they're taking the distance on, on a two yard route, you know? So you got to be, we got to be very cognizant and very careful of that. And just understanding that, you know, what this week is the way that you stop that is timing. You, you disrupt the timing. You, you, you jam them at the line of scrimmage. You, you make it hard for them to get off the ball. So Tua has to pat the ball once or twice. And, and then you put pressure on them. You put pressure on them right away, man. You got to get up on them. You got to get in their face. Just like San Fran tried to do to us and Lamar. They tried mm -hmm. to go man-to-man -man the entire game against us. And we got, you know, when you got OBJ outside, you know, um, number four, Zay Flowers, number seven, Rashad Bateman out there, and 15, Aguilar, you can't go one-on-one -on -one with us the whole game. And then you got a Lamar Jackson, man, please. You can't do that, you know? So that's, that's what they tried to do. We got to kind of bring that similar type game plan to them man, you got to get after them the entire the entire game man we got to get at their throats quick fast and in a hurry and, and let them know that it's gonna it's not gonna be what they think it's gonna be yeah and i think this is where you get to almost impose your will on the dolphins now mm -hmm. where the dolphins are the, are the are the fast you know kind of finesse team now you got to beat them up you have to disrupt their timing and that's been a tactic that teams have been using against Tyreek Hill. I mean, the ones who have who've done a good job at it, like the New England Patriots, mm -hmm. have been doing it every single time they play him. You're 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 hitting him off the line of scrimmage, and then you're bracketing him, right? Any any time he even starts going up the field, there's no airspace for him. Now, of course, that means, and, and this is going to be made maybe a little bit easier with no Jalen Waddle. That means that you have to be 
extra cognizant of what everyone else is doing. Because with all that speed, if you let anybody else slip, that's a huge problem. And we and we've seen that. We've seen that in the passing game where they will get the ball out where somebody just forgets that you have to handle these running backs and then they're running for a 70-yard touchdown. You can't have that. On the other side of things, I feel like the the Ravens offense can move the ball against the Dolphins. I know they've got like you know Jalen Ramsey, obviously one of the, the best DBs in the league, and they've got salt, they got strong players up front. But I think that in, in the end, if you're if you're asking me to be like, look, do can we move the ball against the Dolphins, especially on the ground? Yeah, the answer is yes to me. So I'm looking at this as maybe probably a closer game than what we saw against the NFC. Cause I think it's almost like the Western conference and the Eastern conference in the NBA, the Western right. conference is just tougher in the NBA than the East is mm-hmm. though. I think that's kind of evening out a little bit more with time uh, where you, you're starting to see a little bit more concentration of power over there. But I think when you look at this man, like the top teams in the NFC, the best teams are, are, are good, but the best teams in the AFC are better. And across the board, I think the AFC is a tougher conference. So I don't think you're seeing a blowout this time around. Well said, Kyrie. Well said. AFC is definitely – I've always thought the AFC was a a tougher conference. And I played in both conferences, you know, with the Jets and the Bucks and the Ravens, you know. So I I agree with you 100%. There's always – it's the NFL at the end of the day. So everybody's super talented. You can't take that away from nobody, you know. But at the end of the day, I I, like Lamar 21-1 and against the NFC for a reason. You know, he, he's going against some competition that iron sharpens iron and it makes and it's a tougher division over there playing against Pittsburgh and Cincy and Cleveland, you know, twice a year. And it's always a tough, 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 hard fought out division. So everybody was talking about how physical San Fran was. And then it looked like the Ravens going there and bullied them. But you know who we are. We're the black sheep of the league. You know, we're the, we're the team that everybody hate to love to hate. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, we come to, we, we come and we're going to be prepared and we're going to be ready to play. And we're gonna play like a Raven week in and week out. And when you see that black bird pull up in there, you better be you better be cognizant of what's about to go down. You got you gotta bring your A game just like we're gonna bring ours. So I'm I'm looking forward. I can't I can't wait for this game against the Dolphins, man. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do or where I'm gonna watch it at, but I'm gonna watch it on the biggest screen possible. Yes, and I'm gonna have the surround sound up very loud. So everybody in the house better be better be ready for me. So I'm telling you, I can't wait to see this game, Kyrie. It's gonna be a, a barn burner. I hope so. The thing is, every single time we say that, we're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of the best games we watch all year. Said yeah. that about the Seahawks. Said that about the 49ers. And it just turns into Ravens just whooping that ass. Like, let's be real. Like, just, <laughs> just taking them out behind the woodshed and just yeah. going to town. So, I, I don't know, man. But here, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I want to see, I want to see if, if you've adjusted your thinking on this. Right now, the Ravens are the number one seed. If they... If they beat the Dolphins, then they're – I mean, I think that more or less locks it up at this point. I, I think it would um, because they would have 13 wins, and I don't think anybody else is going to – yeah, no one else would be able to catch them at that point. So I think they would they would have it locked up no matter what happens in the be. last week of the season. Correct. Um, but if the, the Dolphins win this game, then they have the tiebreaker in the head-to-head, and that leads to some interesting stuff that could happen in, in Week 18. Do you f- still feel like you would rather the Ravens not be the number one seed in the AFC? Yeah, I mean, I, I want them to play. I don't want them to sit out and have to wait, you know? I mean, they came back off of the bye week this time and did really, really well. So 
I mean, it could be a totally different team. I just know in my own experience, I'd rather continue to play week in and week out, keep my schedule the same, don't stuff don't get thrown off, you know. But at the same time, they have to be flexible too. They have to be able to, you know, face adversity and, and push through it, you know. And at the same time, I think we're gonna get Mark Andrews back, you know. So if we got a shot to get Mark Andrews back, you know, that 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 break may may be really good for us to have him and Isaiah likely you know, when we hit the playoffs hard. So that, that bye week may be good for us. Now, I'm not I'm not saying I want the Ravens to lose the game. I'm definitely not saying that because I feel right. like the three that we no. lost, we shouldn't have lost. We should have been undefeated right now. No, right we now, we should. Yeah, right now, we should have extra three wins underneath our belt, you know. So I definitely don't want to see them lose at all. I want to see them win. You know, I'm just hoping that it goes in a better direction than it did my last time when I went when we had to sit out that first week of the playoffs and then we came that second week, that second round game after that first week by in the playoffs and got our butts whooped by, by the field goal bandit in Indy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, but yeah, I, I think, I think the Ravens more or less are look, I think they're going to be fine no matter what. Um, I understand the concern about yeah. not like wanting them not to have a week off and then okay all of a sudden then you're facing a hungry team coming out of the wild card round even if it's like the the Colts or you know a, a sixth seed or whomever it happens to be in the playoffs it's like that's a hungry team with nothing to lose and they're coming to your house and they're right. obviously coming to to, to get you um mm-hmm. then again it, or like if it's the Buffalo Bills could well be the Buffalo Bills but if that ends up what it is then I mean that that's what you got to do, you're the number one team. You got to take care of business. And that's what it's going to be like one way or another. Right. And honestly, to me, doesn't matter in a, to an extent, because as we've talked about, there is no team the Ravens should not beat from right. here on out. Absolutely. They just got to take care of business. And Absolutely. every time they they show up with, in, with a big game on the line, with a team that's supposed to be a measuring stick, that's supposed to be a good test for them, they kill the test. They shut everybody up. They they every single time. So I would expect that to continue. I would expect them to win against the Miami Dolphins. I'm gonna be looking forward to it. That's all we got for this one until we watch the game. I'm Kyrie. That's Danny Wilcox. We believe in the Ravens. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.